0: Let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, just for this great day that we can come and celebrate and worship and praise you. We we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the the singing that we've done. And Lord, we just pray that your word speaks to us today. And as we talk a little bit more about your grace, I just pray that all of us will, will do some soul searching and open our hearts for what you have for us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want us to dig into our scripture this morning and look again at what it means to experience, to seek, and to try and know the grace of God. So if you have your Bibles and you turn to Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to read the first 16 verses. And as we start, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day he sent them into his vineyard and going out about the third hour he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and he said to them you go into the vineyard too and whatever is right i will give you so they went going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour he did the same and about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for for a da- denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Now, people have a few different interpretations of this passage. But what I believe this passage shows at its deepest root level is that God is teaching us about his generous grace. His generous grace and how it works in our lives and how we can get in on it and as soon as possible and as often as possible. But this, this story here in Matthew 20 reflects a very common occurrence during that time frame in ancient times. Workers would gather together in a central area and hoping to be hired for the day. Now, the typical workday was from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. The normal day's wage was a denarius, which wasn't a lot, but it was enough for them to be able to buy food, provide for their family. And you were paid at the end of each workday. So the people listening to Jesus with this, this parable here understands what's going on. They understand the setting. If you weren't hired in the first hour, oftentimes owners might need more work. They would come back to that central place and hire more workers. If you weren't chosen and you returned home with no money, you might as well stick around there because there were still hopes of being hired for part of the day. So this story makes a lot of sense to the ones listening. The owner promises a denarius to the first workers. He promises a fair day's wage to the rest. And so we would assume, say say they were going to receive $10 an hour. Those who worked one hour would receive what? See, you guys are pretty sharp. Wow. Have they all been through that Dave Ramsey class? They, they came up $10 just like that. Those who worked three hours would receive, and so on and so on. Now, the story takes kind of a strange twist when the foreman starts passing out the wages, and those who were hired last had only worked one hour They receive one denarius, which was what those who are working 12 hours received. But think about it. If you're one of those ones that worked one hour and you get all this wage, you're feeling pretty good. This guy's pretty nice. The others are watching. Those who were hired first are kind of looking at it going, wow, if they got one denarius, what do you think we're going to get? So they receive... What was promised to them, they also received one denarius. But they're not happy. They're pretty angry. And they questioned the owner. They said, why those who only worked one or two hours make the same wage as we do? And look what the landowner says, starting with verse 13. He says, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So what does this say about the grace of God? First of all, we need to open our eyes up to the generosity of God. This may be a strange thing to understand, but if you think about it, everybody in this story is a winner. While some seem to get more, In a sense, everyone received the same. Everyone received what was promised to them. Now that's something to consider about God. God is never unfair. Sometimes, in our humanness, we don't like it when someone we don't think deserves it, receives something good. For instance, they received this scholarship and I have no idea how they got that. Their surgery was successful and I had the same surgery and it wasn't successful. That's not fair. They received a favorable diagnosis, and I've tried to live a really good life, and I got an unfavorable diagnosis. They got a promotion, and I didn't, and I'm more qualified. That's not fair. I'm a much nicer person, but they got the girl. Someone gave them the questions to the test ahead of time, and they aced it. And I didn't do as well. It's not fair. Look at the home that they bought. They, they, we've been looking forever for a house. They bought the house that would be just the one we want. They got it at a lower price that was way below market, and we can't even find one. It's not fair. We all struggle with some of these things, because our sense of what's fair and what's not fair is skewed by our worldview. We have a different way of looking at what's fair and what's right and what's wrong. God's idea of fairness is not ours. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And if we were to be really honest, we don't always like that. We don't like that God's thoughts are different. Now here's another question. Have you ever tried to play God? Everyone got a little squirmier there. I mean, we all do it a little bit, okay? We like to pick and choose who's in, who's not in, do all those kinds of things. But our criteria is a lot different than God's. Because we usually pick according to what we like and what we don't like. Right? I mean, come on, we're all going to be honest here. We have kind of the Santa Claus mentality. We like to look at who's been naughty and who's been nice, who's treated us well, who has not treated us well. And Paul reminds us in Romans 5A, God shows His love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So this parable that we're talking about with these guys at the vineyard, Is just a reminder of God's amazing generosity. But do we really get what Paul is saying in this Romans 5 8? God doesn't love us because we first loved him. God didn't look at you with all of your charm and all of who you are, your intellect. All your good looks. All your great integrity. God didn't look at us that way and say, wow, I could use that dude on my team. God didn't look at it that way. The truth is, while we were in the midst of our sinfulness, God sent his son for us so that we could experience the joy and the power of his grace. God has given us more than we could ever possibly deserve. So what I'm trying to get across today when we talk about grace is God is a very generous God. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve but He's very kind and compassionate and forgiving. So I want you to realize that in our relationship with God, there are many times when we get to the end of the day and we receive a day's pay for a day's work because God's never less than fair. However, yet when we get to the end of the day, God is profoundly more gracious and more generous and more merciful and more compassionate than we ever deserve. Be on the lookout for those moments. Have this God conscious about about it about these moments in your life to say, "Wow, that was really God." Because when you open your heart and your spirit to them, you will find them everywhere. So what happens at the end of this story? The owner tells the workers, you gotta, you got to kind of like the owner. I can do whatever I want. And when it comes to salvation, God says, I'll do it my way. He goes, I know the heart. I know the Spirit. I know who you are. God says, I can see deep inside you. But you know what? God is so generous that I think it can be even controversial. There's a lot of people that will question God's tremendous love. But you know what? God doesn't stop loving. Look at Jeremiah 32. Verses 40 and 41. It says, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. I mean, think about that. I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. Verse 41, I will rejoice in doing them good. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and my soul. So not only will God do good. Now, this is the part that that I really like. I believe he has fun doing it. How many of you think of yourselves as fun people? I mean, what kind of grouchy crowd today? (laughs) What's going on I don't want no good. I want to go eat. (laughs) Broncos are already on. They're playing the Packers. Tough game. I'll already give you the post-conference talk, okay? You ready for it? We got to get better. <laughs> so now you're all settled. Now you're all settled. That wasn't in my notes. Okay. So, so not only will God do good, but he's going to have a lot of fun doing it. And he rejoices and he delights in doing good to us. I think that's a great thing to know. Put that on your refrigerator. Tell the world about our awesome God who delights in doing good. So, this parable is really a reminder that God will offer abundant grace, but to the rest of the world, it seems kind of scandalous, seems kind of outrageous, it seems very irrational. It seems very unfair. But it's not. God offers the same grace to those who offer on their very last breath of life to accept Him as those who have been a follower of His for 300 years. Got a couple more thoughts. We need to make ourselves available for God's grace. Going back to that parable, what if those workers thought, well, I didn't get hired at the start of the day, so I guess I'll just go home and watch a movie, get my Xbox out. Because what's amazing is these workers there stayed all day at this place, in this central place. They didn't go home. They didn't go home when they didn't get first hired. They didn't go home at noon. They stuck it out. They refused to give up on the idea of not having any work. And guess what happened? They not only got an hour's worth of work, but they got a whole day's worth of pay. It happened because they never took their name off the list. So if you really want to experience the fullness of God's generous grace, you got to show up. He can't bless you when you're hiding from Him. Be available. That means you can't give up. It means you show up. It means you don't give up on God. Even when His plans don't make sense to you. Don't give up. Make yourself available and wait upon the Lord. You know, sometimes that's kind of a struggle, isn't it? That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to talk to God, we need to open His Word, we need to read it, we need to soak it in. We need to do what James tells us in James 4.8, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. We're all different. We all have different ideas. We're all different things that bring us closer to God. You might enjoy being in, in nature, taking hikes and all that. You might enjoy fishing or hunting. You might might like building something. You might like art or music. That's good. That's great. We need something in our lives that's going to draw us intentionally closer to Christ. And it takes work, it takes time, it takes dedication, it takes effort. But we have to make the decision, is it important? And yes, it is important. And I think that there's probably even people here today that are in desperate need of God's grace. So maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe it's a decision you're really struggling with. Maybe it's some sin in your life you're struggling with, or or guilty about something. Or maybe you just feel that God is absent in your life right now. Maybe it's a relationship that's struggling. Maybe it's financial difficulties. Maybe it's sickness. Physical issue. Maybe you just feel like your life's a mess. Make yourself available to the overwhelming grace of God. Can God bless me where I am right now? Maybe you ask yourself that question. What do I need to do to position myself for God's blessing? Well, those workers that went home too soon, they missed out on a tremendous blessing. Don't miss out on the blessings that can come your way. Stay available. Don't leave God out of your life. And I don't know when it will happen, but I trust it will. Now, remember that story that I told you early on about the man struggling, not really struggling, saying he's going to leave his wife? If we go back to that story... Philip Yancey told this guy, Daniel, because he asked the question, can God forgive me for something I'm going to do? And here's what Yancey told him. He said, yes, God can forgive you. He said, God uses murderers. He uses adulterers. He uses people like Peter and Paul to lead the church. Forgiveness is not a problem for God. Forgiveness is our problem. Sin distances us from God. And he says when we're distanced from God, there's no guarantee we're going to come back. So the man says, you ask me about forgiveness now. That's what Yancey asked the guy. But will you want it later? Especially if it involves repentance? Well, here's what happened in the story. Because I know you want the rest of the story since Paul Harvey's not doing it anymore. Several months later after this conversation, Daniel did indeed leave his family. He left all of his Christian friends. He now labels them as judgmental, narrow-minded. He surrounded himself with people that celebrate what he is doing. And here's what he said, God is not part of my life right now, maybe later. And you know, that's the outrageous scandal of grace right there. If and when Daniel returns to God, God will be like the father of the prodigal son, and if he is truly repentant, God will, will forgive him. But I guess this morning I'm telling you, if you're struggling with this whole issue of of God and grace, don't wait. Come to God now. Open yourself up to God. Repent. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. The power and joy of His grace. You're going to receive what you don't deserve. which is the grace of God. And I trust that all of us here have experienced and received the grace of God in our lives. And if you're struggling this morning, God will see you through it. We got each other too to help us in this whole process to pray for one another, be in God's Word. Our God is a good God. Don't let circumstances take that away. Don't let the lies of the world take that away get into God's Word and realize what God's really like let's pray Heavenly Father this morning we we thank you for your incredible and grace and that we, we don't really, really truly understand too well the Lord this morning we just reach out and accept that grace and and we thank you that you love us and you and are such a generous, generous God, God. And so Lord I just pray that each one of us here can realize just a little bit more in our lives how great you are lord even as we leave this place and go home and get ready for another week i just pray that we can just rejoice knowing that you're with us every single second of the day and lord that you have great plans for each one of us so lord this morning we accept you and we accept your grace And this we pray in jesus name amen